What's up, everyone, and welcome to the J&J MMA Show. My name is Jeremiah. With me, as always, my good friend Jacques, co-host of the show. Excellent co-host. <laughs> um, today, of course, of course. Today, we're talking about UFC 261 uh, and what an event 261 was. Holy shit. So much stuff to ha- like that happened, so much stuff to talk about. I know we've said that before, but holy shit, man. It, two, 261 was just insane. Um, it's a, one of the first things is the first fight card back with fans, which we forgot to mention last time uh, we recorded because, you know, we suck. It is what it is. But it was the first fight card back with fans. And, uh, man, dude, was it nice hearing the fans again. Yeah, I live. I li- literally live for that stuff. That's one of the reasons why I even like going out to the bars or the restaurants that we go to, because even in there you can feel the energy from the people inside there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, but it, was, speaking- it was crazy. Like how much of a of a difference it, it felt like it made with just how crazy this event was. It definitely did. It definitely did. I mean, and you could hear them. They were loud and excited about all the fights that happened. So. I couldn't be more enthused with uh, having them back and having them all loud as they were. Yeah, I mean, even like, like not even just fighters, but you could see like uh, Bruce Buffer was enjoying it. You know, all the commentators were loving it. Just like it seemed like everyone that was, you know, even just working the event, just like I just loved having the, the, the fans back. Yeah, Joe Rogan especially. Dude, I, <laughs> well, I, I, I want to talk about that later on, bro, because his reactions... <laughs> We're just fucking amazing. I love Joe Rogan so much. God, yeah. watching his reactions to some of the shit that happened was was insane. Um, I, normally we talk about um, you know, a few things, n- news and, and and stuff around the UFC before we get into like the main card. But I, you nor I could really think of anything that we wanted to talk about, with the exception of like one thing, and we'll save that for the end. But there was just, I feel like. This fight, this this card was just so big that there really wasn't anything else to talk about aside from the card itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, from start to finish, this this card is news in itself, and I am sure that um, people will be talking about this card for years to come. Yeah, yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. So we're just gonna go ahead and get into the main card. Um, we're gonna go ahead and and talk about that from the very beginning to the end. But before we do. Make sure you guys go and follow us on social media uh, at the J&J MMA show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a like, you know, comment, share it out, all that good stuff. Let us know if you like us, if you don't like us, you know, that's that's cool too. Just let us know because, you know, at least we'll, we'll know what we're doing right and what we're not doing right. So uh, definitely go do that and um, yeah, say what's up, say hi. So anyways, Shock, UFC 261. Um, this is probably the best fight card that I think I've seen, given the circumstances of some of the fights in probably, like, years. Yes, I I have to agree. I am also a fan of fights that, um, are long, you know? I like fights, you know, because the previous fight of the year fight for me was Whaley versus, um, Joanna, Mm -hmm. and uh, that was a long fight. And I, I like those kind of fights, too. But um, you can't help but like knockouts and decisive victories. And it's even more impressive when you have a decisive victory over people who did, like, the same thing to someone else. So Yeah, was, or, or just, like, super talented and, like, tough fights, you know what I mean? Yeah, basically, p- people at the highest level being people at the highest level. Yeah, so. like, this was a fight card that was no easy fight for one of the other people, you know what I mean? Like, it was a tough fight for everyone that was on the card. And for pretty much everyone to win in an insanely decisive manner, you know, given the exception of at least one of them, because that was just a freak accident. But, you know, it's just insane. Yeah. I felt like this card is the perfect card to, like, show someone who's, like, just starting to kind of get into MMA or someone who isn't an MMA fan to show them, because it literally has a bit of everything. You know what I mean? Like it's got the 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 fighters that are just the shit talkers like Masvidal and, and they, they see that side of, of of the the sport and then it's got knockouts galore. You have women fights, you've got injuries, you know, some minor and some not so minor, which we're gonna get into. 
I feel like it's a very good card to show someone who doesn't know anything about MMA and kind of just, it shows them everything what the, of, of what the sport's about all in one card. I, I agree. And I also want to say that to add on to what you're saying, I also believe that um, it's a good case to show them different types of fights too because you had striking, you had grappling, mm-hmm. finishes. It wasn't just all the same type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, if I was to show like this is MMA, I'd be like, here, check out UFC 260. Yeah, like, like this is what you're gonna get whenever you watch. Yeah, it's it's it was it was absolutely absolutely insane. But let's go ahead and get into it. Um, first fight of the night was Anthony Smith versus Jim Crute. Uh, we this is the fight that me and you picked differently on. Um, I picked Jim Crute to win. You had Anthony Smith. Uh, so what was your your uh, so the fight ended by. But with Anthony Smith via a doctor stoppage at the end of round one, uh, Anthony Smith injured Crude's knee. But before that, what was your thought on the fight? Um, wow. I mean, Anthony Smith was controlling the pace very well from uh, long range with his jabs. He, um, he did a good job of um, just striking from a distance. On the other hand, the other guy did a good job of taking him down. So it was like I wasn't sure... You know, I thought that Anthony Smith had won the round, but I wasn't really sure because I know how they do takedowns and stuff. Yeah. Um, so my whole thought process on it was um, it was a good fight that was was going in the right direction. And, um, yeah, then that kick happened, and then he got injured, and he just – he still wanted the fight. He was hopping on one leg, you know, and banging Which on his insane, chest. insane, by the way. Telling the ref that he wanted to continue fighting, you know. Uh, when he went to walk backwards, you know, his whole foot collapsed backwards. It was, uh, if anyone's seen that, it was very much like um, the other freak accident that happened that night. So, you know, hopefully... It's a different level, but I see what you're saying. His foot was (laughs) twisted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was um, kind of a bummer for me because, you know, my, my pick wasn't winning. But, dude, Anthony Smith's jabs were just insane, bro. They were so quick. They were landing like crazy. And for whatever reason, Jim Groot was just, like, not moving his head. He was just fucking taking it to the face. Was not doing anything to, to like, had no answer for the fact that he was just getting jabbed in the face over and over again. Just wasn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Exactly it, right. I liked Anthony Smith striking a lot. That's one reason why I did pick him. Is, yeah, um, there was definitely a clear difference in striking. I feel like the reach... Uh, Anthony Smith's reach advantage had something to do with it. You know, I think that was a really big part of it. Um, but also, Anthony Smith is just a really good striker, all in all. But for some, like, but the thing is, like, if I'm getting jabbed in the fucking face over and over again, I'm gonna figure something out so that I stop getting jabbed in the fucking face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel good. And you can see his face is starting to get busted up from just a jab. You know what I mean? Like, if you're getting hit in the face, move your head, bro. Like, <laughs> do something. Don't just stand there and take it. Well, from my understanding, I think he was a grappler, so one, yes. he did not have as much uh, training with that, and two, he might have just been looking for the takedown, which he did achieve. By... But, but the only reason, and, and this was what I was going to get into, is the only reason why he went for that takedown was because it ha- he, he went for the takedown after he injured his knee. So it wasn't until that point that he even tried to grapple. I'm sure he was looking for it. You know, he may point. have. He may have been. You know, maybe he was. He was just waiting to get jabbed in the face like two more times, and then he was, he would have made the decision like, oh, you know what? Maybe now's the time. But <laughs> when he did go for the takedown, though, obviously Anthony Smith kicked his knee, and um, uh, he injured it in some way, shape, or form. I was. I tried to look up to see what happened to his knee, but I couldn't find anything uh, on his actual like injury itself. I did find a quote from him. Um, uh, what he said about it after the fight and he said that uh, he couldn't feel his leg he said in the second round I was just going to come out and pull guard because I couldn't stand on it so whatever it was that happened to his his or Anthony Smith did to his knee he it like made it to where he couldn't feel his leg at all so I assume it had something to do with like nerve damage or something like that but when he did take him down after that happened he was doing really well on the ground. I mean, his ground and pound was doing really well. He held Anthony Smith down for quite some time and he looked very dominant. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was definitely, uh, the more dominant fighter on the ground at that point in time. Yeah. But I think uh, adrenaline was helping him stay alive. I think that 
if they had allowed the fight to continue in the second round, it, it could have gone so, so much worse, you know, for him. I was going to say, I, I was going to get your opinion on what you thought would have happened if they did end up. Because, I mean, honestly, if he wouldn't have, when he stepped back, when he was trying to convince the referee to keep the fight going, I feel like the referee was going to say yes until he kind of like stumbled a little bit. I feel like if he wouldn't have stumbled, the referee pr- probably would have would have let the fight go on. And I was I wanted to get your opinion on what you thought would have happened. What do you think would have happened if the fight actually continued to go? Do you think he would have had a chance at, at winning? No, absolutely not. Because he couldn't even stand. Like he said, he was going to pull guard. So unless Anthony Smith just wanted to wrestle with him on the ground while he had one leg, I and even then, I don't really think he has a, much of a good shot, you know. His leg was twisted, like, backwards. You know what I mean? It looked like mm-hmm. like um, rubber, <laughs> the way yeah. it was moving around. So Well, that's was, why I, when it originally happened, I know a few of us were super confused. We didn't know if it was his ankle or if it was his knee or what. But, like, just the way that he was falling on it, it was, it had the same, like, the, the effect of, like, when you're, like, you know, your foot's numb or something like that and you can't feel it. That's why he was, like, his ankle was, like, uh, he was like stepping on his ankle like that, twisting his ankle like that, because if you can feel your leg, you wouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? Like that stuff happens when you can't feel it. You don't know where you're putting all your weight and where you're putting your foot. Yeah, it's definitely the right call to have the fight stop because the only thing I could see is him flopping on the ground and Anthony Smith either, you know, punching him <laughs> from over overhand yeah. top or, or just trying to get into a submission game, which wouldn't have worked out that much better. Not, yeah, no, like the push off on. I didn't put this in our show notes, but I was watching uh, Anthony Smith's um, post fight, one of his post fight interviews. I don't know if it was the post fight uh, press conference or what, but he said that uh, after the first round, he kind of just assumed that he wasn't going to come back out into the second round. So he wasn't listening to his coach's advice <laughs> while he was sitting down on the thing. And all of a sudden, he said that he saw him get up and he was like, oh shit. He's like, well, I didn't listen to anything my coach said, so I was just going to go out there and kick his knee. So I just thought that was kind of funny because that's more than likely what I would have assumed he was going to do too if it did go. It was like the first thing he's going to do is just throw a fucking leg kick. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he definitely couldn't stand. You know, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it was a very good a good fight though, e- even though it was one round. I mean, it was a dominant performance, a dominant uh, round for Anthony Smith. So I was that was a very good start, even though it ended the way it did. It was a very good start to UFC 261. And it was kind of... A precursor to what would happen in the next fight, uh, which was Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. Um, I was actually really, really excited for this fight because I wanted to see how it would play out, especially with them fighting each other years ago, back before they were even in the UFC. So I was really excited to see uh, what would happen with this. But holy fucking shit, did we get one of the most insane things to happen in MMA and UFC in general. And not just because of what happened to Chris Weidman, but the fact that it happened to Chris fucking Weidman of all the fucking people that it could happen to. It happens to Chris fucking Weidman. Like, what the fuck? And if no one knows what I'm referring to, Chris Weidman throws the very first technique in the entire fight uh, a, a leg kick to your Uriah Hall and snaps his leg in half after Uriah Hall checks it. Uh, just like Anderson Silva did when he kicked Chris Weidman's leg years ago, which is just fucking insane. Yes, yes. Let me, so to lead off into that, you know, stat-wise, um, so the last fight we just talked about, Anthony Smith was 35 and 16, and Jim Crude was 12 and 2. Anthony Smith goes to 36 and 16. And Uriah Hall versus Weidman, uh, 18 and 9. Well, that's the records now. So now 30, it's 35 and 16 for Smith now. So this is their current records, uh, including their win. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 18 and 9 versus Chris Weidman, 15 and 6. I thought that I looked up Uriah Hall and it said that he was 19, but. I could be wrong on that. But um, anyway, um, wow. I mean, when I saw that, that was exactly the first thing I thought, too, what happened to Anderson Silva years ago. And um, it's such a painful thing to watch. You never wish that on anybody. And um, I even saw Anderson Silva's uh, response to that, and he was mm-hmm. like, 
wishing him well and wishing him a good recovery because, you know, at this far in the game, Chris Weidman may not come back, you know, because he's, he's had a couple of losses. He's getting up there in age. You know, I, I think he said something about it will be, what, like 12, 12 months before he can. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to read the quote here in a little bit because uh, I have a, a couple quotes from him. He, he made a statement um, not that long ago, so uh, I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. Yeah, so for Uriah Hall to not even have to throw one strike, what a day for him. He threw zero <laughs> strikes. <laughs> All he did was the fight started, he blocked the kick, and he won. That's uh, I wonder what the time was for that, too. Like, was it like I think it was 17 seconds. I think I saw that somewhere. Yeah, that's definitely going to go into history books as yeah, one like, of the fastest fights. And not only that, but the fact that it was the very first kick that he thrown, but which is is so mind blowing to me, is that it happens to Chris fucking Weidman, bro. Like, like so you can't write that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not only is it one of the most rare injuries in the world, but like, it could have like just out of how many times people fight, it happens to Chris Weidman. Bro. <laughs> like, what? I'm just yeah. so so like mind blown by that. And I'm always amazed at, um, like, how that happens. You know, obviously he was trying to, like, maybe set him up for something. I was watching the video, and I saw how his eyes were directly focused on Uriah Hall. So he did, wasn't looking down. But when he threw the kick, you know, like, I've had times where I've been, like, training. Like, I remember training at Tampa Muay Thai with someone. Um, forget her name. But anyway, I was training with uh, this, this girl there. And I went to throw a kick, and she went to go fix her shin pad. And I was, the trajectory of my foot was 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 go, was going to be a low kick, and I was going low as she went to put her head down, so my hit my foot would have hit her foot. Mm-hmm. And just as I was about to do that, I put my foot over her head and just stomped so that I wouldn't hit her. So I just wonder, like, when people throw kick, like, what are what were you focusing on? Because you had to have seen that. You know, unless you were aiming for a shin, which I'm sure you weren't. It had to have been like a calf kick or a thigh that he was trying to go for. So yeah. I'm just kind of like, you see it coming, you see it coming. At what point do you, like, you know, stop or change the trajectory or do something else? But the thing the- is, you'd also never want to look at, at the part of the body that you're going to be throwing your technique at because then it's kind of just like a dead giveaway. You know what I mean? Like, if I look at your leg and all of a sudden I throw, I use my legs and use my, you know, hips. To like to act like I'm gonna throw a, a leg kick. Your first th- like thought and reaction is gonna be like, okay, he's gonna throw a leg kick because he's staring right at my leg. So if you look at yeah. him in the eyes or in the chest and you just throw, it, it's harder for them to be able to tell where it is that you're throwing that technique if they're looking at you in the eyes. You know what I mean? So if you're eye to eye with somebody and you know that he's looking to your eyes and you just throw, you know, it's it's harder for them to 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 figure out where it's going, whether whether or not it's going high or low. Right, but as you just said, you know. I typically look at the chest, mm-hmm. and I think if he was looking at the chest, maybe he would have had a better shot. All this is, you know, you know, it's already happened, so what can you say? But at the well, it's also time, like the fact that the technique that Uriah Hall used to check the kick is it, what kind of what that technique is used for. I mean, it's obviously not used to to break someone's leg, but it's used to where it's a fucking painful ass check. It's a di- it's different than like your standard check where you just lift your leg up and it's shin to shin. You, yeah. you literally point your knee forward as if you were throwing like, like, a, a, you know, a, a standard, you know, Muay Thai knee, but you aim for, uh, the, the, for the leg to hit just above the shin and below the knee, that little part of your bone right there. Yeah. And it's fucking painful. It's like I remember training training at Tampa Muay Thai, even with shin guards on, and you hit that part of the person's body or the, their their leg, and it's fucking hurts. So imagine that like hard as shit, you know, someone's swinging their leg as hard as they fucking can to hurt you, and then all this person does is lift it up and boom, and like it, you're it, you fucking snaps your leg, bro. Like, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's just insane. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I've I've done, and that's something that I do. I do use that same low one, but I think that I, I if I'm not mistaken, I think I first picked that up from Kyokushin because they have low blocks where they do that. Mm-hmm. And in Kyokushin, their blocks are actual strikes. So when you when you use a block, you're actually striking with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where he he picked that up from. You know, maybe he just did it in the heat of battle. But that's something that I learned from from that. Yeah, I. 
And what's another thing too is, I mean, Chris could have been going for you know a calf kick with how popular those are right now. You know, they're really good at at, at taking out strikers. You know what I mean? So he, he could have been going for a, a calf kick. I I don't know. I can tell you right now though, that right there is one of my biggest fucking fears though. I I that is one of my biggest fears. I remember when it happened to Anderson Silva. That's like in, embedded into my brain, and now this one's gonna, also going to be embedded in my brain too. Yeah, no. But I remember where I was when it happened to Anderson Silva, and I also remember that I didn't throw a fucking single kick in the gym for like two weeks. And guess what? It's going to be the same fucking thing this time. No leg kicks, only body, only head. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, it. you just got to be careful. I was watching, um, you know, we'll talk about her later. But I was watching Valentina's press conference. Was, this is relative to this, and she was talking. Someone asked her about. Was she feeling any type of way when she saw that kick happen? But she's like kind of scared in the backstage. And she said it was horrible. She said she had to look away from the screen. It was so bad. And she yeah. says that she doesn't throw as many because you have to be careful when you throw a kick like that. You know, mm-hmm. she's well aware of what can happen when that happens. Yeah. So, no, I, I refuse to watch the video. I refuse to watch Anderson's. I refuse to watch this one that just happened. Because of just how, and then the fact that he fucking steps on it, bro. It's just, oh my god, it's so painful. But it's like I'm fucking terrified of that happening to me. I just can't, I can't watch it. It's too real. Like it's just the fact that that that's potentially something that can happen to me. I just it it fucks with my brain. And what's crazy is when it happened to Anderson Silva, that was the main event, right? So there are no other fights happening after that. Yeah. And then this time it's like the second fight of the night. So like. All of us for the rest of the event were like, please stop throwing kicks. Like we were just so paranoid <laughs> about someone else breaking their leg because we just like witnessed uh, one of the worst breaks in 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 history. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy what it did. So I, I you know, I think we talked about it a little bit at the bar. We're like, I wonder if anyone actually like fighting saw it and if they were going to be scared to throw kicks or not. Well, yeah, exactly like what I said with Valentina. She was she definitely was aware after seeing it. Um, I, I guess that only reinforced what she said, you know. She wanted to make sure she threw them a lot more carefully. <laughs> make sure that they're fucking perfectly timed and set up correctly, because fuck that shit, man. It ain't gonna be me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I, I Dana said that Chris was gonna go into surgery the following morning. Uh, he did go into surgery, and then recently he just posted uh, a video, kind of talking about everything. Um, was thankful about with how classy your eye hall was and, and all that stuff but he said that uh so what I'm about to read is how he felt when it first happened he said honestly as soon as it happened and i hit the floor seeing what happened to my leg and the pain started hitting me i was just trying to put my mind on something positive and coming out of this he said i'm hopeful that that's the thing that's going to come out of it that it's good he said this is not fun he's like i can't believe what happened uh and then he goes on to say it's pretty brutal but I'm going to get through this. I think it's going to be eight weeks until I can walk without crutches and stuff and drive and all that. And then as far as actual training, I don't know. Uh, they said between six and 12 months, I'll be good to go. Yeah. And so, I think he's 37 right now. So, wow. you know, you're looking at maybe 39, you know, early 39, 38 or uh, late 39 years old before he even comes back, depending on, you know, when his birthday is and stuff. But Anderson did it. You know, if Anderson can do it, I, I think he can. I, I, yeah, I think he can, too, just because Anderson Silva did. But, but does he want to? You know, like... I wouldn't. I fuck that. I'm done. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think... I think and for Anderson Silva, it's almost different because he was champion. He was champion for a long time, and then he lost the belt that way. You know what I mean? Like, it was a free thing. But for Weidman to come back, you know, he he didn't have a belt to lose. And then he comes back and fights one more time, two more times, three more times for what, you know, and risk further injury. It's almost like, you know, I don't know what else he has planned in life, but it's almost like it's better if he just heals up and um, find something else. Because he doesn't have that much, that many more years left. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's running for another title, which I think you said that he wanted to do, yeah, um, he had the rest of his it's career. It's going to be so out. much harder now. So, like you said, he comes back at 39. He's obviously not going to get a title shot on his first fight back. How many more fights until he gets a title shot? So, it kind of like stops all of that, you know? Yeah, Unless- and also, it's like, do you even bother throwing a kick, too? Because I know that was everyone's thought, or, or you know, everyone's, everyone's on everyone's mind whenever Anderson came and fought back. You know, what was it going to be like? Are you going to be too afraid to throw a kick? And, Obviously, Anderson was fine, 
but like that's a big fucking mental thing i would be terrified to throw my 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 like leg kicks after that i don't know if i could do it so you know that's another thing like if you do come back like do you bother throwing your leg or like what like well, i think you know he I mean? probably doesn't have to because he's you know good at wrestling and stuff yeah so, i would no chance you know he could still you know not throw a single leg kick and still have some mild success but yeah he's yeah. got a long way to go with so many other people in line to get a title shot before him right now Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, and hopefully he heals up quick. And you know, honestly, I would hate to see it like see him retire after this. I hope he comes back at least to kind of just like get past that mental block. So hopefully everything with him uh, goes well. He did say he was going to document the entire process of uh, his recovery and all that. So it'd be kind of cool to see that also. So I'm sure we'll probably get more information on him soon. But yeah, man, that was. Yeah, I was just, I'm still in shock about the whole fucking thing. And the fact that it happens to Chris Wyman, bro, like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely insane. wish well on his recovery. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, we have the very first of three title fights. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade for the women's uh, flyweight um, title. And, uh, man, what a dominant performance by Valentina. She went out there and just literally dominated as she does. What were your thoughts on 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 her performance, Chuck? Um, completely, completely, uh, just amazing. Uh, so she started off the fight doing really good. Uh, she took her time, you know, and that's important too. You know, just to take your time and get your shots. I actually watched the fight again, not that just a couple minutes ago, and um. You know, she did a couple of low kicks. Careful, <laughs> careful low kicks. <laughs> Very carefully. <laughs> uh, she got uh, Jessica's back and was kneeing her from the back of her leg. Um, they scrambled for a little bit. I'm very surprised. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm very surprised at how just, like, dominant she was with, like, the 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 grappling. Like, she was just throwing her Jessica around like, like nothing. And Jessica's not a very small person. She's fucking big bro strong and just yeah. to see valentina like just throw her around like that with ease is, was insane yeah definitely um valentina by the way is now 21 and 3 and jessica's yeah. 21 and 9 um but yeah just uh, her wrestling that she did was it was really impressive too the way she just took her down with such ease and she even had said that um you know for people that are trying to find a weakness against her, just stop looking. Don't because, waste your time, yeah. Yeah, stop waste, don't waste your time. And so one, one of like the interviewers was asking her at the press conference, like, you know, were you upset? You know, Dana White said that you looked like you were upset the whole day, like you like you wanted to um, go out there and prove something to all the fans, thinking that you could lose this fight. She said, um, yeah, she had a little bit of... Uh, something to prove from that because people were, were saying all these things like maybe this will be the one to beat her she said every time she fights someone's like maybe this one will beat you because of the wrestling maybe this one will beat you because of jiu-jitsu she's like she wanted to show people that you know it's not just that but she said most of all she said was the fans she said that the fans in the stadium like she said she had a little bit of energy when she came out like she had but what she said when she stepped out there and the roar of the fans was so loud. She says her energy spiked all the way up. She said hearing them like chant her name and everything. And then somebody was like, they asked her, you've been in a lot of fights. Did you forget what that was like? And she said, yes, I did. I did forget what that was like. And she says, hopefully this will, will be something where I can continue to remember. She says it's not the same fighting at the apex um, and then hearing the, the crowd of the people. So I can only imagine, you know, like when we were when we did it at Tampa, um, I think it was mostly sold out, you know. But I don't mm-hmm. think it was as many people as it was in Jacksonville. I uh, probably not because it wasn't a pay per view, so I, I highly doubt it. Yeah, so I can only imagine how loud and deafening the crowd was uh, for them in an event like that. You can tell it was loud just through TVs. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. just tell. Yeah, exactly. And they were the fans were screaming all all kinds of stuff. You know, some other stuff maybe we'll get to later. You know, like. Obviously, they were like F.J. Paul, you know that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But they were. That's one thing I like about the fans is that they're gonna say what's on their mind. If it's a bad call, you're gonna get booed. You know, if they like it, they're gonna 
cheer for you. So I feed off of all that energy. Yeah, she I, I she definitely fed off it, man, because she was she was dominant as fuck. And I'm not gonna say, you know, I know what I'm talking about or anything like that. And no one's gonna believe me if they're listening because they weren't there. But I did I did call how she was gonna win. Did yeah. I not? You did. I, I did. Yeah, I right, right when I saw it the first round when she was listening right now that we were watching that fight and Jay was like you know, usually around this time, she gets into a crucifix from the position, and she gets and he and not only did he said it, but he repeated. It. He said it a couple times, yep. and then it happened exactly the way he said it would. So, because yep. she kept looking for it every time she took her down, she was either in half guard trying to get the side control, or where she wasn't side control, she was trying to get it. And I knew that she was doing it, and she was taking her sweet time with it too. She, however, she did try to get you know that I think it was like a Renee could choke against the fence, but she didn't have good enough positioning, and she bailed. She probably could have ended the fight there, but you could tell that every time she was on top, she was trying to get the side control, and she's finished fights like that multiple times. The entire first round, you could see her trying to do it, and then she finally got the side control in 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 the uh, in the second round, and sure enough, puts her into a crucifix and just fucking rains elbows down on her. And yeah, like that's that's another thing you just reminded me of too. So they asked her about that. They're like, did, so did, I noticed that you you sped up with your elbows. You know, what were you thinking during that time? So she said that. She went to get the crucifix on her. She could tell that she was getting tired and she was elbowing her, trying to get her, you know, to beat her. And she says there was a point to where she felt maybe her strength weaken a little bit. And the ref told her, fight back. And she said when the ref told her to fight back and she wasn't, she knew that that means the end was probably near. And she sped up her elbows to try to hurry up and finish the fight. Bro, you could tell. She started putting her knees into it, too. She was, like, pushing her hips in. Bro, she was, it was insane. Absolutely. It was just an impressive performance by Valentina. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not even going to be humble about it. You know, I called it. I said it right from the beginning. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, I'm not an amazing, you know, prediction predictor when it comes to fights. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this victory. You know, I got yeah, to <laughs> both right about that. You know, yeah, only, we both picked her to win, too. Yeah, there was only one fight. I think that uh, we were wrong on. Which one was that? Uh, it was the next one we're going to talk about. Okay, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, um, and for anyone wondering, when you're in a crucifix, usually the thing that you do is... Uh, Pray. The person's on top of you. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, um, you push both of your legs up, and you can flip over the person. That's one way to get out of it. But the thing is, like, the way Valentina sets it up, the way that she did it, you know, she didn't just go out there like, okay, round one, okay, 10 seconds into the fight, let me get a crucifix. She wore her down. She picked her shots. She constantly wore her. So by the time that it happened, it was all set up to get, to be guaranteed. So You know what's funny? And I, and I feel like that's what makes a lot of these champions as good as they are and as great as they are is because they take their time. You know what I mean? And they, like, they, they start very methodical and slow. Kamara Usman does that. Valentina does that. Amanda Nunes does that. Like They, they take Absolutely. their time and they implement their game plan. You know what I mean? And they, they're just really good at what they do, and they're good at doing that. And I think that's why they're as dominant as they are. Yeah, I, I, you, such a great point that you, that you just brought up is that so many times people look at somebody and they want to see or they criticize them for not getting a knockout or thinking that they're not as good. You got two high-level people. They have to take that. They can't just run out there and smack somebody with their most powerful yeah. shot and call it out. You know, it's almost like a game, you know, like... Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to necessarily bring video games into this, but like in Street Fighter, you're not going to hit somebody with like your super meter from the first yeah. round and win the fight. You have to set up something that's going to happen and then hit somebody with your most powerful technique at their weakest. Any and fight the, like that. And the only issue with that is like, you know, and I've said it too, I, you know, I've said about John Jones, is like when you kind of win fights like that, it's not as impressive when you're slow and methodical. But when you're slow and methodical and you still get a knockout at the end of the night, like it, it kind of takes away that like that misconception about the person being a boring fighter. You know what I mean? Like they they get their finishes. You know, it took Usman five rounds to finish, you know, Covington, but this time, you know, it didn't take that long. You know what I mean? Same yeah. thing with 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 uh, Burns in his last fight. So, you know, sometimes it can be kind of boring yeah but other times when it's people that are as dominant like valentina and uzman and all these other you know dominant champions it's just like it's just amazing to watch as a fight fan it's just insane it's crazy to watch them implement these game plans and do it so flawlessly every single time 
I completely agree. I love watching two high-level people fill each other out. And even when it doesn't happen, I'm still, I still like watching how each person counters the other person. And, you know, well, we'll talk about that fight in a second. But, yeah. you know, definitely I see how, like, you know, how Usman changed with the Masvidal. But we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, what do you think is next for Valentina? Ooh, excellent question. Um, you know, it's funny because everyone was saying that if she wins her fight and Wei Li wins her fight, that they were supposed to fight against each other. At this point, I think the best thing Valentina can do is just wait for someone else to um to show her something. You know, she can just yeah. she's want, I know she wants to stay active. I read that. I watched that in her press conference. But like, you know, who else is she gonna fight? You know, there's still Joanne Calderwood. Um, there's other people, you know, in her division that she still hasn't fought. Mm-hmm. But right now, there's no rush for her to fight anybody. Yeah, no, I, I agree. She even, and I, someone asked her about, you know, the whole Amanda Nunes fight, and she said that she's not pushing for it or anything like that. She's like, it's going to happen again, and when it does, it will. She's just like, but just whoever's next is who she'll fight. So. Yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot. I, you know, like, I wish, I wish everybody would stop with that for the most part, because Amanda Nunes is an exceptional fighter, and so is Valentina. They've already fought twice now, and the last one was controversial, so they could have won. So at this point, it's like, what, are, what is it that you really want to see? Do you want to see Amanda Nunes lose? Or do you still want to see, like, two great people fight? Because there's lots of other people that can fight. I like letting a champion in the division be a champion in their division, you know? Yeah. You know, Valentina definitely doesn't want to go up right now. And Amanda Nunes definitely doesn't want to go down. So let them be champs at what they do. You know, rather I don't than- think she could physically. I don't think there's no way Amanda can make 125. There's absolutely no way. She's way right. too big. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, that'd be absolutely insane. I would be mind blown, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm much more of a fan of letting them both do what they want to do and yeah. um, not comparing as much. I I agree. Uh, so that's it with Valentina. A very again dominant performance. No surprise. Uh, let's get into the co-main event. Uh, another title fight between uh, Whaley Zhang and uh, Rose Namajunas. Wow, I said that. Did I say that right? Rose Namajunas. Yeah, okay. I almost thought it sounded weird for a second. My bad. Uh, for the 115-pound strawweight title. Um, holy shit, Jock. <laughs> this did not go the way we thought it was going to go at all. We both picked Whaley to win. That did not happen. Rose Namajunas uh, comes out there, round one, uh, kicks Whaley in the fucking head, uh, and then proceeds to finish her on the ground. Uh, to get a head kick KO on Whaley Zhang. And I know we're going to, we, we, we kind of differ. We don't agree on this. And I, was, and I, I put it in the show notes. I'm, I'm sure you saw it, that I, I wanted to talk about this. So you think the stoppage was early? Um, no, that's not actually what I, not so exactly. you don't. No, no. Okay. So, look, so what I, what I said was that the ref made the right call. But I believe that Whaley could have continued if she, you know, had the fight continued. So that's where we, where we differ, is that I think you thought that she was out for sure. And I was like, no. I mean, it happened so quick. She got hit so many times. Like, there was, it wasn't a whole lot of time for her to cover up and block. And she got hit two times when she was on the ground, and they called the fight off. I'm not trying to say that it was wrong, because from yeah. the ref's point of view... He can't tell whether she's like, so he, he did the right call because he was trying to protect the fighter's life. You know what I mean? So sure. even though I can agree that it's the right call, I still believe she could have continued had it come, gone on longer. See, I, I don't think that she would have been able to. I, I honestly thought, I, I, and I still think that she was she was done. It I feel like it was one of those situations where she got hit and she, she was like kind of out and then got hit again and woke up kind of thing. But she just, she wasn't, even though she only got hit like twice, she wasn't even, she didn't even try to put her hands back up to block her, block herself whenever she was being punched in the face. You mean the two times that she got punched in the the face? But listen, I I get hit once and guess what happens? My hands go up real fucking quick. You know what I mean? So I've seen way, I've seen people get hit repeatedly without 
blocking their face, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. I mean, (laughs) but then again, it's also, you know, it has to do with the referee. I mean, look what happened with Masvidal, (laughs) you know what I mean? And who was was the ref? (laughs) Good old (laughs) Herdine. You know, it's funny because someone mentioned this, you know, it was Keith Peterson that uh, um, was the ref for the Rose fight. And someone was joking around that like Whaley was going to say that he smelled like beer and, and cigarettes and all that stuff. Because that's what Dominic said when he stopped his fight, when he got knocked out against uh fucking, I forgot who it was. He got, he got, uh, Henry Cejudo. Uh, Dominic Cruz went on this huge rant about how Keith Peterson smelled like alcohol and cigarettes and all that stuff while he was in there. But, um, I see. Yeah, I, I think it was. I don't think it was. I, I don't think she could have kept it going. I I I always think that the the stoppage was good. I know you do too. But yeah, we definitely differ on the whole. She could have kept going thing. I think she was dazed. Even when she stood up, bro, she was still like she was wobbly. She was very wobbly. So even if the ref did let it go, I mean, she still would have been. She she would have gotten finished. It was just stopping the fight sooner than. You know what it would have if he didn't. Yeah, you know most I mean? likely, most likely she would have been finished, but unfortunately, we'll never really know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. In 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 reality, you you also never know. I mean, you know, crazier things have happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what what you you mentioned while we were there that night talking about it um, was the whole Pat Barry versus Ch- uh, Chet Congo thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was absolutely that, insane. And I, I almost think that that should have been stopped, but because it wasn't, Pat ended up winning. You know what I mean? Was it Pat that ended up winning or the check? No, Pat uh, one. Yeah. I'm sure it's that. Yeah. It was one of the two. I can't remember. But <laughs> either way, you know, it was, yeah, it's very different from that kind of situation. But can we just talk about how fucking good Rose looked, though? Because, like, holy shit, bro. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing I want to say is that sometimes when I pick fights, I don't exactly know for sure this person or that person is going to win. You know, that's sometimes where I feel very confident. You know, like Amanda Nunes versus anyone, you know. But <laughs> but th- there's other times where I don't really know who's going to win. And I just, you know, I think maybe this one won. I picked Wei Lee because I thought that she's a mo- And I still think that she's a monster, a little monster who just destroys people. And she does such a good job fighting in. And, but I also said that Rose, on paper, has all the tools to beat her you know yeah. she has more reach you know she's taller she's got a lot of experience from being the champion before her you know and mm-hmm. fighting such top level opponents so for every reason i could see rose winning and she did win even though i picked way lee but i'm just saying that sometimes we don't know who's gonna yeah win. no we we both uh said that rose definitely has the stuff to to be able to beat her but I you know I said that she was either gonna win by decision or submission. Boy was I fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. Kicks her in the that, fucking head. That definitely shows me when I watched the thing where the three uh Gaethje, Usman and Rose were talking about each other uh separately and they asked them the, all the same questions and they all agreed that Rose at least pound for pound had the most power. And yeah. I can see why they say that, because she definitely knocked out somebody that I hadn't seen get knocked out. Um in very short amount of time. Yeah. So I have to give I, it to Rose. I, I, I like Rose. I'm actually, I'm, you know, I'm glad that she's a champion again. You know, I, I I saw that they are tentatively planning a rematch. So if that does happen, I'd be very excited to see uh, how the rematch goes. Rose said that she was open to it. I'm sure Whaley definitely wants it. Dana seemed interested. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Man, can we talk about how shocked we were? Because <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> everyone's reactions in the bar that we were at was just insane. Oh, yeah. I wish I could post it for you guys. I actually, some of it I think I have recorded. But I, we have a mutual friend uh, named Damon who was the most excited because he was the only one at the table who picked Rose to win. He was. And man, was he letting us know that he picked her. He's like, what would I fucking tell you? Yeah, I mean... I that's just yeah it was it was an amazing it was an amazing performance for Rose very unexpected um yeah just that's fucking crazy and also the fact that it was with a her lead leg too which I thought was insane because normally lead leg kicks aren't that strong you know what I mean especially when you throw it out there like that for but it just hit the right fucking spot yeah she definitely was on point um 
I can't wait to see her fight again. You know, I hope it doesn't take too long for them to set up either the rematch or whatever next for her. But, yeah, um, she says she wants to be more active than what she's been. So, hope, uh, Rose, that is. So, hopefully, that's the case. Yeah, all those comments aside, you know, because I still don't understand the whole thing. I don't really want to get into all of it because I don't really understand all the history behind all of it. So, I just kind of taking, um, leaving the benefit of the doubt. But she seems like a really nice person, and it's always nice to have a champ that's respectful and uh, and nice. You yeah, know, both of them really are, but you know, that's what I like to see. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so let's go on to the main event: Kamaru Uzen versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh, again. Another fucking dominant performance for Usman. Uh, we also picked Usman to win this by no surprise. And again, he was just fucking methodical in, in, this, in the whole fucking thing. And when I say one of the most like photogenic knockouts, <laughs> when he hit this man with his right hand and it, like all that sweat went everywhere... It was just insane. There's a picture somewhere. I I, I meant to send it to you, but it's like a, right when it happened. Oh you yeah. See, like he's just like sleeping on his shoulder, and then like the sweat is just like every bro. It looks insane. <laughs> it's just one of the, it's one of those pictures that's like gonna go down in history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that so he that makes him 19 and one, and Jorge hey, Masvidal 35 and 15. Yep. Um. What a what an amazing uh, performance! Once again, another fight where he, the fighter took his time. You know, he looked for any openings that he could get, and it wasn't until the uh, the second round that it even ended up happening. And when he hit him, the way this the spit and the and the sweat blew, it was like <laughs> something like it was a I hard fucking hit, bro. Yeah, it was something know, out of a movie. It's like a, out of a movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was like the intro to, it was like the intro to Street Fighter Two. For anybody who's ever watched that, <laughs> he hit him hard, and um, this this completes um, Usman's uh, ability. You know what I mean? Like he's an amazing wrestler. I call him Demon Wall because he pushes you against the wall and just destroys you by the time you're at the end of the wall. But yeah. now you have to look out for his striking. So now, what do you do when you fight somebody where you know where if he grabs you? It takes you down. It's going to be a problem, but if he hits you, it's also going to be a problem. You know what I mean? He's him and the. And the I think maybe this happened more from them training together. I don't know, but him and Nagano both have that same thing about them, where grappling or striking, you're you're going to be in trouble now. You know, Nagano's wrestling has improved, and Usman's striking has improved. So Nagano was in his corner. Yeah. You know? I don't know how much he helped him and in what way, but I'm sure his coaches, you know, helped him out the most. And, um, yeah, I was very excited. I loved the reaction everybody had. <laughs> there were lots of oohs and ahs from the crowd there as well as in the, in the bar. And, um, yeah, I had a great time with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it went the way we thought it was going to go. Uh, I, I didn't predict a knock, knockout, I don't think. I can't remember. It's just one of those things that I wasn't really too sure on. But and not only just the, the the hand that dropped him, but then, like, you know, just the, the hammer fists afterwards were just disgusting. <laughs> just see that it's in the face so many times, dude. It was insane. Um, but, yeah, no, I just I don't see Kamara Uzen losing anytime soon. You know what I mean? And also, you know, like going back on what you said with the, the whole uh, – uh, him being like a, a, a really good wrestler, but his striking has gotten better. His last three fights have been finishes via striking. You know, he finished Colby, right? Broke his jaw. After that, Burns finished him with a jab, and then now he just knocked out Mazadal. Excellent, excellent point. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It's I like think... you can't really paint him as just a wrestler now. I mean, he's just an all around fucking good ass MMA fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't see a weakness. His back looks kind of scary. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't see a a real way to to beat this guy. And um, I really enjoy watching him. And I like to see how he's progressed as a, a, you know, I don't want to say necessarily as a person because I don't know him or anything like that. But when I watch him in the press conferences, 
he was super humble about the win. You know, he just he credited Masvidal for pushing him to get that much better. He talked about, you know, how he wants to do better things in life, you know, things that he wants to try to do for others. And, um, you know, I, like I said before, I don't really like the jerk so much. So I'm always good about people that are um, more humble about their wins. Did you see it when he uh, copied what Masvidal said? Um, when he knocked out Ben Askren, someone asked him, like, you know, uh, if he thought those punches after he had knocked out Ben were necessary. And he was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, we, and then he said that they were super necessary. Usman said the same exact thing, like word for word, when yeah. someone asked him that question. <laughs> well, I was watching the press conference, and what they, they said was, you know, like, how do you feel about the referee with the late hits that you gave him? And he was like, late hits? Yeah, what do you what, mean? What late hits? He's like, the referee didn't pull me off. He's like, they were necessary. You know, that, that was like the whole thing that he was saying, is that they yeah. asked about late hits and what he said was true you know he has to keep fighting until you know until it ends who knows Masvidal might have street Jesus might have came from the grave <laughs> resurrected himself you know he had to make sure he put him away I'm waiting for that that Ray Rod guy on Instagram to make one of those uh those videos I'm just gonna imagine Masvidal's body lifting out of his or his soul lifting out of his body when he hits the ground yeah the guy exactly. that makes us really good uh, Instagram edits about uh, of knockouts I think his name's Ray Rod. Pretty sure. I have to double check that. But yeah, man, I, it's just fucking Kamaru Usman is a monster. What do you think is next? I, I saw somewhere that they're planning the rematch with Colby. Do you think I, that would be a good fight? I look. Uh, I have already seen, like so. Dana himself multiple times in the press conference. Uh, by the way, the press conference itself. Uh, he let out saying there are 15,000 people in the stands, I believe. Um, the gate was over 3 million, something like that. I can't really yeah. remember. There was a three in there somewhere. But anyway, they asked him about uh, Usman and, and Colby, and he said that what he believes is the next fight. He believes Colby deserves the next shot. I'm not quite as convinced, you know. Like, I don't – Colby is definitely, like, prop, he has to be – I, even, I can't even say he's definitely number two. What I want to see is Colby fight against Gilbert. That's the really? fight I want to see. Well, Gilbert is scheduled to fight Wonderboy. Wow. So they already yeah. have a fight. So now I know it's not going to happen. Yep. Even so, I still feel the same way. I still would rather see Gilbert and Colby fight. Um, all respect to Wonderboy as well. You know, who knows? Whatever happens from that fight, we'll see then. But, um... Everybody's like already pushing for Colby and and uh, Usman to fight again, and I already saw like a little picture promo for it where they got a picture of Usman and a Nigerian flag and picture of Colby and he's got the American flag next to him, and I'm like, okay, I get what you guys are trying to do, but you know, yeah, I I agree with Usman and what I was so happy to hear him say this in the press conference because he was like, you know. All you guys out there, I'm lapping at everyone right now. And mm-hmm. if you want me to fight you, you got to show me something. He says, people can't be sitting out on the sidelines waiting for a chance to fight him again. You know, like, so Kobe's, uh, his, his last fight was against Tyron Woodley, right? And then the fight before that was against Usman, if I'm not mistaken? I believe so, yeah. So he's only had one fight since Usman, and then they fight again. Like, don't get, like their fight was great, but why is it that somebody fights again for the title after having one one fight, you know? I don't know. One person, any person. He could fight Wonderboy or, or Gilbert or you know whoever else. And then if, had he won, then I'd be like, okay, let's see them fight again. Yeah. So this is my thing, though. I actually like the idea of them fighting. And the reason why is because Colby has been the closest person to almost defeat Usman. Out of everyone that Usman has fought in the last couple, couple of his fights, took him into five rounds. It was a very close fight. I mean, you and I both, when we were at the the bar watching the fights, even though as much as we dislike Colby, you know, agreed that Colby is a good fighter. You know, stylistically against Usman, he did a really good job. And I mean, it's it's if it would have went to decision, it would have been a very like who knows kind of situation. Granted, yes, he did finish him in the fifth round, but I mean, he, 
Colby Colby gave Usman probably his toughest fight in quite some time. He gave him a very tough fight, but he got defeated in a very violently way. So, you know, he got his jaw wired shut. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I can't say that, um, I can't say that Gilbert, when Gilbert was fighting the Usman, I thought that Gilbert won the first round. And then I think that Gilbert messed up by laying on the ground waiting for him to get into his guard. So I also think that it's potentially Gilbert could have given him his toughest fight. Yeah, it ended in the second round, right? But the same case that could be made for Gilbert that you could make for Colby. So I'm not as convinced that uh, that Colby is, you know, his toughest fight yet. And then so then what happens, right? So let's say they fight again. And it goes to a fifth round, and they have another tough fight. So does that mean that Kobe fights him again a third time because he was the closest to fighting him? Does, does I don't know, you know. It depends on who wins. If Kobe wins, maybe there's the trilogy. If, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, if he doesn't win, it's because they had a, he was the closest person to fighting him, then you should fight him three, four, or five times. I mean, you could say the same thing about Amanda Nunez and Valentina. Amanda's won both fights. And know, why, why would there be a third fight? Exactly. I feel the same way about that. I feel yeah. the exact same way about that. Interesting. Okay. Um, Jorge Masvidal got knocked out for the first time in his career. Uh, this is his second loss in a row, right? Yeah, because the last time he fought, he fought Usman. So he's, he's fought Usman twice in a row. Um, what do you think is going to happen with him? Because I have an idea of what's going to happen with him. But what do you think? Uh, Who would you like to see him fight next? What do you think happens? That actually reminds me of something that I don't know that if you know. Ooh, uh, please do so, tell. Um, so anyway, him fighting against Nate might be interesting because they have to run it back as they were wanted to originally. But in the press conference with Usman, they were telling him about uh, possible opponents. And they said that um, Nick actually might w- end up wanting to fight him because when the press conference started, they were asking Dana about stuff like that. And he said, yeah, Nick wants to fight again. And they were like, well, like, is he going to fight sometime soon? He's like, well, as soon as I'm done with this press conference, I'm going to be talking to him. And he said, actually, he's back there right now waiting for me. So as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to talk to him real quick. So hurry like, up oh. your stupid questions. I know. And they were like, oh, can you bring him out here? And he's like, no, no. I don't think he would like that very much. So, you know, but... um. Yeah, so Nick is now back in the mix. Um, I don't even know what to say who he should fight because you know how I feel about Nick. Yeah. But, you know, I don't see them giving Nick any anybody in like the higher rankings at all. I actually no, think they'll give him no. He's been gone for way too long. I feel like they give him a test fight to see what he can do. I saw even DC and Ariel talking about it that you know they think they should give him. Uh, Robbie Lawler, Cerrone, if Cerrone beats Diego uh, or Masvidal. And I agree with that. I would love to see Nick and Masvidal fight. That'd be fucking amazing. Well, Masvidal is still, what is he, top five, right? Uh, I think so, but he's also coming off two losses. So, I mean, he might not be top five for <laughs> for much longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know but I mean? he, got, he still, you know, get, he still deserves some amount of respect. You know, I don't yeah, think but the he... thing is with that, it's just like, you know, they, they both kind of have that, like, you know, street gangster badass like you know don't that fuck with me a promo. that's I what i'm saying bro so like nick it, like, right he beat his brother you know he comes to oh, get revenge for his brother okay. you know what i mean you know nick versus masvidal might even be a better fight than nate versus masvidal for all those reasons yeah i think i think nick would win that to be quite honest <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. I'm a fan of Nick myself, too. So. He hasn't fought in five years. And granted, it's not like he hasn't been training all five of those years. He's definitely been training still. So who the hell knows how good he is now? You know what I mean? That, that was, those five years off could have probably just benefited him a lot more than it would be a negative impact. I don't oh, see him having any kind of ring rust. That's for damn sure. We can say he wasn't knocked out in his last fight. So Yeah, you <laughs> could say that. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, Dana said that the meeting with Nick went very well. So... I assume we're going to probably see some kind of announcement very soon with, with Nick Diaz and what's going to happen with him. Oh, I wonder who. I, I, please keep me posted on that. I really want to know oh, who for sure. it is that he ends up fighting against. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of good p- 
potential prospects. I mean, hell, you know, uh, Nate and Leon are about to fight. So, you know, he could be the, win- the winner of Leon. Or if Leon Edwards wins, he could fight him. Granted, he's kind of, you know, up there in the rankings, too. So, I don't know, man. I, I still like the idea of either. Uh, Hamza is still in somewhere in there, too. He was scheduled to fight against Leon Edwards until he got COVID. So, yeah. who knows? Which who apparently, he's, he's doing really well now, too. I think he's. I think he's scheduled to fight somebody, actually. I could be wrong. I can't remember. I don't know if I if I saw that somewhere. Or he's probably about to get scheduled or something like that. He's, I think, cleared to fight again. So, For anyone who doesn't know who Hamzat is, look up Hamzat. K-H-A-M-Z-A-T. Nicknamed the Borg, which also means wolf in Russian. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, he's, he's basically one-punch man because this guy knocks people out quick. Um... Yeah, definitely look him up. I want to see what happens with him as well. Yeah, dude's a badass. Um, so yeah, that that's UFC 261. Like, probably the best fight card I've ever seen, given the circumstances with a few injuries. That's definitely the best fight card I've seen in, in years. I couldn't even re- remember a better fight card. Uh, it's just tons and tons of fun. Um, a few other things that we're gonna get into. Uh, really quick. Next couple of fights. Uh, there's a fight night. Reyes versus. I'm probably gonna butcher this list this name, but Prochazka. Uh, Dominic Reyes versus that. That's May first. Uh, May eighth. You have Corey Sanhagen versus uh, T.J. Dillashaw, who's coming back after a two-year layoff. Maybe we'll do a show for that because that's actually a pretty good fight. Uh, and then the next pay-per-view UFC 262 is Charles Oliveira for, uh, versus Michael Chandler. For the vacant lightweight title. Uh, and then Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz for a five-round co-main event. Tony Ferguson comes back against Benil De- Derouche. And then Caitlin Chukagan versus Vivian. I do not know how to say that last name. So I'm not even going to try. Uh, and then Shane Burgos versus Edson Barbosa. So very, very good. That particular fight card right there is amazing. I, yeah. I, I remember offhand right now but i remember looking at it while we were at the bar and like pretty much every fight on that fight card i know there's some other names too that were mentioned on there that were actual um famous people that uh, are going to be on that fight card so i really yeah. am looking forward to that one they they also announced um which i'm sure we'll probably get touched up we'll touch up on it in probably a future episode but they just announced uh israel adesanya versus uh marvin vittori too that's happening i don't remember the date uh, with that at all but obviously we'll talk about it so you guys will eventually figure it out um i think that's all i can think of when it comes to fights although i know now jock i know you do want to mention the whole thing with dc and jake paul <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was really interesting um it just because you know the fans were screaming f jay paul fuck jay paul all this stuff and then like dc like He's like, that's Jake Paul over there. And he just got up from his uh, his broadcasting and went over there to say some words to him. Did something yeah. about, like, don't play with me because, you know, I'll smack you in your face. Yeah, um, and apparently Amber was saying that, like, you know, DC was talking all this shit, saying he's going to smack him in the face, but he didn't do it whenever he saw him. And it's like, y'all do realize this motherfucker's working, right? Like, if he were to do that, he would have been fired. It's like, you can't, you can't do that while he's working. Yeah, against a paying customer in the stands, that would not have gone. Yeah, even... apparently no one knew that Jake Paul was going to be there either. Yeah, so that that definitely wouldn't have worked out too well for him. Can't be like when Khabib found that one guy in the in the middle of the, uh, the alley and yeah. him and slapped him a couple times. Yeah, for real. A bunch of guys. But yeah, the DC was saying that like he doesn't want to fight Jake Paul, but if he keeps putting his name in his mouth, it's like. He's like, come to MMA and I'll fight you in MMA. He's like, I'm not, not going to go to boxing just for a payday. He's like, he doesn't need the payday. He's like, come to MMA. He's like, I will torture him. He's basically saying he would completely hurt him. He was also saying that when he was talking to him at the arena, that he had his hands in his pockets and he wasn't really saying much. He didn't start talking shit or anything like that until the rest of his security came by. <laughs> and uh, then he started talking. He's like, this dude's such yeah, a little bitch, bro. I'm not really too surprised. Yeah. I, whenever I see him talk, it's like the, so the other guys that are doing the talking and him basically agreeing with them. It's all an act, man. He just acts I tough. Know who you are? You know exactly. Yep. Love whatever your name is. Yeah. Ain't nothing but a bitch. Anyway. But yeah. yeah. 
Is there anything else you would like to mention, Jacques? Anything you can think of? Anything you want to talk about before we go? No, man. I think that's about it. This was definitely one of the best fight cards. Um, yeah, I can't say anything more. It was great. Appreciate yeah. it. I, I agree. It's going to be really tough to fucking top this. I mean, I know it's early in the year, but it's definitely fight of the, fight card of the year. And sure. I say that every time. And I know I say, like, man, how could they possibly top this card? But I truly, <laughs> this time, I'm like, I don't know how they can top this one. I don't yeah. know. Leading up to it, I was... I thought there's no way they could top it. And now having watched it, I'm almost sure there's no way. I mean, what could be a, be a bigger fight card than this, right? Jones versus Nagano is the headliner. And then, like, two or three other uh, prospects underneath them. You'd have to yeah. have two other title belts that were equally as good as that. And not only that, but it's just every fight lived up to its expectation. It lived up to the hype, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what really did it, is the fact that all the fights just lived up to the hype. But, but yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. Um, we don't have a show planned or anything uh, anytime soon, but maybe we'll we'll figure something out. I, I really want to try and start getting these things out weekly. Uh, I think that'll probably benefit quite a bit. So maybe we, we'll think of something. Um, yeah, make sure you guys follow us on social media again. At the J and J MMA Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, give us a like, share, comment, talk shit if you want. I don't really care. Just at least you engage with us or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything else you want to say, Jacques? Nope. Love and peace. Cool. All right. Take it easy, guys. Yeah.